Hello everyone, you're listening to the Let Us Golf podcast with me, Olivia Bothamley-Dakin. This is a show where we chat to golfers from the LET Access series, present and past, about life on the tour, the latest news, but also learn more about who they are and their golfing journey. This is the week we've been waiting for. It's arrived. We are back in one of our favourite places in the south of France at the Montauban Ladies Open, back for its fourth instalment on the tour. 108 players will be teeing it off, hoping, wishing, dreaming for the win. Who will it be? We just don't know. It's all going to be very, very, very exciting. We do have some previous stars entered in the lineup in the entries. The 2021 winner, French amateur Marine Griffo, is back out in the field. And last year's runner-up, Hannah McCook, will be back out, hoping to lift the trophy she missed out on last year. But this week, joining us on the podcast is the Letas legend, New Zealand's Momoka Kabori. As last year's winner of the Montuan Ladies Open, the win, by the way, she got on her first week on the tour, her first week coming to Europe. Is there anyone better placed to give us some insight into the course? We also catch up about her life after Letas on the LET. Kabori earned her card through the LET Access series after placing in the top six in the order of merit. But as you're about to hear, that wasn't the New Zealander's original plan. Well, without further ado, let's welcome this week's guest, Momoka Kabori, to the pod. Welcome to the Let Us Golf podcast. Lovely to have you here. Um, how are you this morning? Yeah, pretty good. Thanks for having me. It's pretty exciting to be um, to be uh, on the podcast here. Uh, I've been looking forward to this uh, for a few weeks now. So yeah, I'm in um, Sweden at the moment. Just uh, pro-am day for the Helsingborg Open. So um, just getting the day started and um, yeah, that's where I'm at. And you've just come back from the Belgian Ladies Open how was that yeah it was good it was actually really good um it was actually quite fun um you know the tournament was actually really cool we they had actually had a great setup there like just with all the tents and everything just had a bunch of spectators come out like just with with families and kids which was so cool like just love seeing all the kids out there just having fun just following along so that was really cool um and uh I probably spent like a couple days or a day and a half in in Brussels just to just kind of have a day and a half off before this one so um I yeah, just did a bit of touristy stuff just went exploring around the city which is always cool so um got to do a bit of everything which was which was nice so now ready to kind of get back into it you mentioned before that you like to travel around the areas that you um you play golf yeah I think it's like really cool like I probably didn't do for that last year when I was in Europe for the first now that um you know I've got the opportunity to do it kind of again in some of the different areas that I haven't been to I think it's like I think it's really important to kind of um take that time away from golf you know especially like if it's in between tournaments or if you've got like an afternoon off or something like that I think it's really cool to be able to kind of go out to different, you know, where what the town you're in or the city that's nearby, just go explore and just see some different things. So, you know, at the end of the week, you don't kind of go, oh, all I went to was the airport and the hotel and the golf course. Like, I think that will be a bit of a, um, it's just a bit of a shame because we got this opportunity to just travel, you know, just all these different countries and, you know, which isn't something that a lot of people have, you know, especially at 
um, at this stage in our lives. So, um, yeah, I've been trying to make sure I do a bit of that wherever I go, which has been really fun, actually. So it's been really good. That's great. And before we get on to you and like your golfing journey, I think it's important to speak about Montabam, which is our next event on Let Us and an event that you won last year. From what you remember, how was your experience of that tournament? I absolutely loved that week, actually. Um, So that was my first event, well, first event ever in Europe, uh, first time in Europe. Um, You know, stayed with uh, the host family who were members of the golf course, which was great. Like, you know, I was obviously a bit nervous coming into that week because, you know, I didn't know what to expect. You know, like I don't speak, you know, a word of French and I'm just like, okay, what's this going to be like? But I actually really loved that um, whole week, just, you know, staying with the family. The course was great. Like, you know, the volunteers were friendly. Just everyone there was just, you know, doing so much to um, make the event run so well um, that just felt so welcome in that in that space so which was really cool and um yeah and I'm sure this year they'll be back even better and so yeah that was it was a really positive experience for my first week there and it was your first win on the tour and then it was your first week on the tour was that overwhelming yeah yeah it was a bit it was a bit like I you know obviously didn't I think I went into it with you know zero expectations of what it's going to be like and that's probably a big part of the reason I was able to get that win was that I had no expectation. I had no, you know, um, you know, this is how I should perform, anything like that. So um, it was a bit overwhelming, uh, just like I was just like, oh, my God, what's going on kind of thing. You know, it wasn't really until a couple of days later that it actually sunk in that, you know, I was like, okay, like, cool, like that actually happened, like, you know, what's the next step going forward, that kind of stuff. So, um, but in saying that it was, you know, looking back on it, it was a pretty cool, uh, pretty cool thing to be able to do and a pretty cool environment to be able to do it in as well. So it was just, you know, kind of showed me what it was like, what it could be playing golf in Europe because I had no idea what it could be, you know, and, you know, just, just really set like the positive tone I guess like for you know golf over here playing golf over here competing over here so um yeah it was a really cool week to to look back on and talk us through the course because you're well placed to talk about it as I've never been what are the difficulties of the course and what can you kind of use to your advantage um I reckon I think looking back on it I think I hit the ball pretty well off the tee like it was like I think my ball striking was pretty solid. So I hit actually hit a lot of greens that week and you know hold a few parts. But I think from what I remember, it's not an overly tight course, but there are some holes where you definitely need to kind of get it right off the tee and you know, um just make sure you hit the target kind of thing. So I think from my from what I remember, there was like a bit of a um it was a difference in some of the holes. Some holes were kind of tree lined and then some of the other holes were quite lengthy you know towards the other end of the course which was pretty cool you just kind of come back and forth between some of the different holes and um there are some holes I remember it kind of takes a little bit of thinking you know where you've got to just figure out place what position you want to be in and you know what the what a good score for that hole would be that kind of stuff but um it's it's a bit too which which is pretty cool I like courses where you know you can't just you know bus driver off the tee and off you go so um yeah I think definitely striking the ball well was going to be an advantage I think um but obviously you you guys gotta roll some putts in so it'll be interesting to see see how that goes 
I'm very much looking forward to it. You mentioned earlier that you kind of came over to Europe. Um, you didn't have high expectations. I'm right in thinking that securing your LET card through Letas wasn't your first plan. No, it wasn't. It actually wasn't. Like So at that point, like my plan was to actually go... Um, so during that time of the year, like from May till maybe like July, um, back home in New Zealand, it's, it's just like a dead period, you know, so where, you know, there's no tournaments, it's just middle of winter, like not much going on. So, um, you know, I didn't really want to sit at home doing nothing for three weeks, uh, three months. So decided, um, yeah, just go for um, four weeks over to Europe and then come back, come back home get prepped for LPGAQ school. So that was the initial plan. Um, but then came over to Europe for four weeks, you know, played played some decent golf and actually started to realise, okay, like there is like a definite pathway here where I can um, potentially gain my LP- LET card without having to go to Q school, without having to go through all the process and stuff like that. Um, so definitely started thinking about that at that point. And it was just, you know, for me, where it was at, it was just kind of a bit of a no-brainer, really. Um, yeah, rather than try and go all back to LPGAQ school and trying to go through that pathway, I was like, well, if I can get myself a card on the LET and play a season or two in Europe, like, you know, like that's a pretty great position to be in. So, yeah, it was a bit of a plan change halfway through. Like I think part of it, you know, part of me playing one of the four, four weeks was probably like not knowing. It was quite funny because um, my caddy and my manager, Simon, so he was the one that kind of got me onto um, playing the four weeks. And he obviously knew about the potential of getting that LET card, but he didn't tell me. <laughs> he was just like, he just like, oh, yeah, up you go for four weeks. So it didn't actually tell me that um, – um that it could potentially lead to an LET card and I was like oh you knew the whole time you didn't you know you didn't freaking tell me and he was like yeah well of course I didn't tell you like so I'd go play golf so I was like yeah okay like I'm not complaining that works so yeah have you in the dark yeah yeah probably your best <laughs> and what about your family because if you were only planning to come over for four weeks and you stayed for a lot longer did you get homesick at all because New Zealand's far away. Yeah, it is a far away place. Like it's literally far from anywhere. Um, but I mean, I, I'm not too bad actually. Like I, I'm actually quite used to traveling, and you know, like a, pretty used to being away from home. And started playing tournaments at a younger age. So um, yeah, not too bad. Obviously, you know, let them know what's happening and um, be like, hey, I'm not coming home for another couple of months. But like, it kind of made sense, you know, for me to make that decision. So they were like, yeah, that's cool. Like go off and um do that and um yeah it's, it's it is a bit of a hard lifestyle I think um maybe more so for other people than for me because I'm kind of used to just going places and I enjoy that part of things but I think only being able to go home for like you know two months of the year or something it's um it's a different lifestyle I think in a lot of ways like both good and bad but um yeah for me it's it's a uh, thankfully I don't find it too hard so um I think it's a lifestyle that's suited for me which is fortunate so yeah but definitely stay in touch with them and um yeah see what they're up to and they they kind of follow the tournament results too so um which is pretty cool do you travel solo normally um last year I generally did this year I've been traveling with um Simon my caddy and the manager so there's two of us just go wherever because he's on the bag full-time for me now um, so the two of us kind of just go, you know, just 
difficult places and we often we sometimes get um, other girls to just jump in and book a three-bedroom Airbnb or something like that and that way we can just have one person jump in and um, stuff like that if they need a place but um, yeah generally just stick you know just stick together but it's actually pretty cool like on the road like obviously you got you know a few of the girls like Sarah, Lauren and um, um, Patricia the few of us that came from Lettice last year, it's been really cool because um, a few of the times we've been getting together and going for dinners and stuff like that with their with their team, with their parents and get a few of the other girls together, which actually has been really cool, like to have that um, have that small group of people where you already know and where you've kind of gone through the same things and, you know, now that we're in, we're on LET together. Um, so that's been actually a really cool thing to be able to do, just like catch up together. And I think just, you know, we all like love each other's companies. So, um, yeah, that's actually a great way to kind of unwind in between rounds, which has been good. So we'll keep on doing that for sure. I've seen a bit of that on socials and, Obviously, Patricia got her win at the um, Belgian yeah. Open. Was that kind of a good moment for you as well? Uh, because seeing someone who is in like a similar position to you win on the LET, did that give you a lot of inspiration? Yeah, absolutely. Like that was a great win. Like she played such good round, like such good golf for the three rounds, and you know, especially that final round. Like I, I was just following the scores, just making birdies after birdies after the first five holes, and it was unreal. Like it was, it was so cool to watch, and you know, so happy for her. And 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 like you said too, like it's pretty cool for me to be able to see that as well, and um, kind of go, oh yeah, like you know we've come from similar situations you know she just got her first win and and that hopefully means that I'm not you know too far away from what I'm doing and if I keep sticking to what I'm doing with my processes you know I won't be too far away but it was just in a lot of ways it was really cool to see. life outside golf what do you do to take your mind off it can you take your mind off it ever I try <laughs> go out and go have dinners or um you know go exploring and um yeah it's I'm trying to think what exactly I've been getting into pool been playing a bit of pool recently just find like a bar or like a place with a pool table just go and, and it's actually really funny like I'm I'm like so bad under pressure when I play. <laughs> I'll be like, oh yeah, like it'll be a shot where I would not, like I wouldn't even miss like if it wasn't under pressure, but then like easily miss it. But it's actually been really fun, like just just being able to have something to do and and you can pretty much do it wherever you go. Really, you can. It's not too hard to find a place you can go and see. I mean, Simon there just always, you know, always gets pretty competitive between the two of us. So um, <laughs> it's always good fun. So yeah, it's one of the things I do and um. I think the other thing is I love trying different food from different countries. Like just trying the food from like that country or like that specific culture. Like it's it's actually been really fun. So been trying to do a bit of that, which is good. But um, yeah, I mean I'm open to suggestions too. If anyone wants to help me find the find something I can do on the road. <laughs> so what's the uh, best food you've had this year so far? Best food I've had. Um, 
it's a hard one. I'm trying to think, like, actually, I, I love food over here in Sweden, actually. We've only been here a couple of days, but um, that's always really good. Actually, the food that the club puts on for us this week, and I think in Sweden in general, they're always really good. Like, whenever I've been to a tournament in Sweden, uh, even last year, it's been really good. But I'm trying to think, like, what the best one was. I actually love the food in Kenya. Like, yeah. they had, like, a um, at the tournament there, they had, like, a whole village set up. So um, so they had the whole village. They had all, like, you know, they had, like, a Kenyan barbecue food stall kind of thing where you could go up and order, and, and that was actually really good. Like, that was so – it was actually really fun too as well. It was kind of like a festival kind of vibe and um, go up and order food and sit down at the table and just, you know, watch all the stuff going on. And that was actually really fun. The food was really good too. So that was, that was a very big bonus there. That sounds good. I've not had breakfast yet. (laughs) (laughs) So let's talk about like women's golf more generally. I don't know what, what's women's golf like in Europe compared to New Zealand? I think in New Zealand, I think we're very fortunate in that it's a very accessible sport. um, I think compared to a lot of other places. Um, Like I'm not too familiar with, you know, like, the exact costs and stuff like over here but um you know I think I find that back home especially compared to like you know the states or like Asia like it's a very accessible sport you know where you know it doesn't cost much to play just anyone can kind of pick up and you know go for it kind of thing but then like I kind of get the similar um similar feel over here as well in the sense that um over here over here I feel like it's very very inviting you know what I mean so like you know even like being at some of the tournaments and how they have the setup and how it's so like um family friendly kind of thing where it's kind of like a thing where you know you know how sometimes you go to a tournament and it feels like you know if you're a non-golfer and you turn up you would feel very like you know, intimidated, you feel like you're out of place, you feel like you shouldn't really be there. Um, I feel like sometimes we don't really think about it because, you know, we, we're golfers and we're always there and that kind of stuff. But, um, you know, last week was a great example where, you know, I was looking at it after the tournament and I was like, well, like if I was a non-golfer, like and if I had, you know, if I was a kid or if I had kids or whatever and, you know, this would be a really cool place to come to, you know, on a weekend kind of stuff. So, in that sense, I think that was really cool. And I think that's similar, um, that similar things are happening back home as well. But um, I think definitely that's like a real positive, you can't get enough of it, I reckon, you know, like that kind of stuff is like, it's just like, it's just so much fun. It just sends the message that, you know, golf is a fun sport. And, you know, I think a lot of people still don't really, you know, think that it's a bit of a um, bit of like, I don't know what the word is, maybe like an uptight where it's not you know a lot of people don't especially young younger people don't find it as appealing as some of the other sports and I think that's changing which is awesome um but yeah especially like especially like I love you know young kids just coming out there and you know having a bit of fun and you know like last week they had like this little um 
like a floater little green set up in the middle of the pond where, you know, people could just have a go and try and get it on the green and that kind of stuff. It's just little things like that, I think, it makes it so much fun for um, non-golfers or anyone that's just getting into it. So, yeah, it's just um, stuff like that that's awesome to see, but definitely um, would like to see a lot more of it just everywhere in the world, I think. Um, yeah. And what about you? Did you was golf a sport that you um, got into pretty quickly? How did you get into the sport? So I got into it uh, through my dad. Actually, it's quite funny because he doesn't actually play golf. Oh, he did a little bit, but he didn't really play golf. And so I don't know where he got the idea from, but you know, brought my brother and I out to the course, and then um, I think I was about twelve at the time, and just kind of kept on going from there. But I kind of played other sports as well, um, growing up at the same time. So the first couple of years, I was kind of playing like three sports at the same time. So um, you know, I probably didn't spend as much time on it as I do, and so probably about fourteen ish. I probably dropped off some of the other sports that I was playing and then just started focusing on golf. But, you know, like I, was like, I was lucky being able to start it in New Zealand because, you know, like I said, it's, it was so cheap at the time to, like, join up at a club. And I think the membership at my home club when I first joined was, like, I don't even know, like 300 New Zealand dollars a year, which is, like, just under 200 euros or something the whole year for a junior I think it was I think it was like that for the you know for the time that I was a junior there like which is you know a lot better than some of the other countries like in the states or like in Asia it's ridiculously expensive some of those places so um yeah so it was really cool and um played a bunch of junior tournaments going up in the region and you know within New Zealand and stuff like that so yeah just kind of went on from there went to college golf uh for four years and came back over and you know just got to where I am and was there any point where you were like oh golf is not for me or is it always been like golf is my thing I think there were definitely always times where I considered you know going different paths um but I feel like in one way regardless of where I went I felt like golf was always going to be a part of it so um when I kind of, I think I was about to graduate college in the States or I think it was in my third year or something like that. I was, so I was studying sports medicine, um, like exercise science, which was really a cool subject, you know, which has a really cool major, like super relatable as an athlete, just being able to learn about the different mechanics of, you know, exercise and how it impacts people's lives. And, you know, I, at one stage I kind of considered um, continuing on that path. Um, of additional years of school and going into um, other things in that field uh, which I decided not to do um, as I you know just then came home and then obviously that was a year of COVID um, so nothing going on couldn't travel that kind of stuff and I think um, that was when I started doing my um, my traineeship my coaching traineeship back home so I started that for one year, just doing a bit of coaching, doing a bit of work in the in the golf clubs and stuff like that. So um, while well, still playing some of the tournaments, which was good, so I could kind of get a mix of everything, um, just experience different things. But then did a year of that, and I figured like, yeah, like this is great being able to like interact with people like in the golf course. But I feel like I still got a bit more to give on the golf course myself. So um, yeah, that's when I was kind of like went full time back into playing and. Um, I think that was the same year I came over to Europe and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, there were some, like, you know, like options, you know, to kind of 
switch pathways along the way but um yeah ultimately I'm here and I'm still still have the intention to keep playing for for a bit more years so um yeah absolutely got loads more to get I'm sure we're gonna see so much more from you and (laughs) and talking about that like your future like where do you maybe like another year possibly on the LET like where is what are your biggest golfing dreams I think um so it'll kind of depend you know obviously so right now my plan is to go to um LPJQ score at the end of the year and obviously play the season and you know it's kind of dependent on how that goes and stuff but I think I still see myself playing another you know remainder of the year and next year mainly on LET um I think that's probably like a and that would be like a pretty cool outcome to be able to do that, you know, like just being able to play a couple of seasons on seasons on LET, and then obviously my um, ultimate goal to be on the LPGA and get a win on the LPGA. But I think it's it's going to be a bit of a process, especially you know talking to a few people and just like learning things as I go. That it's not like a like I'm not in a rush to get there either. Like you know, like I kind of am because I really want to get there quicker. But I also know that you know if I rush into it it's not going to be the best outcome for me so I think it's better off taking a bit of time and just stepping my way up there if I can and so the competition's growing massively and you know the prize money is going up so everything's trending I think in the right direction so um yeah I'm hoping that more players kind of take that pathway of playing on the LET than people have in the past and I think that's kind of the way it's heading towards which is really cool but yeah, that's probably what my um, next few years look like. So we'll see how we go on that. And what have you learned since being on the um, LET that maybe like you wish you had known when you were playing on Lattice? Hmm. I think one big thing for me is that the whole season is a bit like a marathon. Mm. Like, you know, I think I kind of looked at it, like, and I always kind of have, but you know, in the past, like I've, I would play like a maximum of three, four events in a row and then have a couple of weeks off and, you know, clump it up a little bit like that. But last year I had like a long stretch of events. I think I ended up playing like freaking like 10 in a row or something like that. Um, Like traveling, just jumping different continent between different continents. And, you know, I didn't really take into account that, okay, like after the first event, I've still got nine in a row and, you know, even this week, I think it's this is my third event, and I've got like a seven-week stretch. So, I think I have to be really conscious that I can't just put all my energy. Like, I can't put you know do like six hours of preparation every day just to you know just so I can feel ready for this tournament. If I if that means I'm going to burn out the following week, if that makes sense, I think it's really important to kind of take a step back and then just be like okay like my energy is limited like my time's limited like where can I put my effort into it's going to be the most effective for me and so I think like you know I think last week or last year or in the past I've probably overdone it a little bit like in terms of preparation and stuff so I felt like I had to do you know a lot of hours before the tournament to feel ready but now I kind of know that that's not necessarily the case the things that I speak about with my team is that like recovery is part of training as well like like rest days like I call it recovery days rather than rest days because you're kind of actively doing something but that's part of it's a big part of training and like I used to not like taking days off because I was like oh I should be doing something but 
I kind of now know that like I if I want to perform like I have to have days off like I have to be intentional about where I have the days off so it's just all kind of part of learning I think and I think I'll hopefully I'll get better at it as I go on. difficult seeing like especially with social media you can see like other golfers practicing etc and then when you've got your recovery day um is that difficult that sense of like oh I should be playing because they're playing I, I don't find it too bad I think like but then like I'm also someone that you know I'll, I'll see something on social media and I'll be like oh yeah that's cool and I wouldn't really think too much of it you know what I mean like I'll look at it and be like oh yeah that's really cool but then like it wouldn't really come back to me and um in that sense but I can definitely see how it would be for, for a lot of people like if you see things on social media and I think you know be like oh they're doing the work and you know and I'm not and that kind of stuff but then I think it's important to remember that like it's like you know you don't know what they you know they could have just had like a day off the day before and they might be getting back into you know there's a lot you don't see I think uh, and when you just see that on social media so I think it's easy to kind of jump ahead and you know assume that in that case like everyone's doing a lot more than you are but like ultimately like only we know what's best for us you know what I mean like we're the ones that decide what our program's going to be what our life's going to be like definitely now we're coming towards the end of this podcast which is so sad because I could speak to you all day but uh, (laughs) I want to end it with a little quick fire round so I'm going to fire off some questions yeah. Fire back and answer. Does that sound right? Cool. Um, <laughs> what's your last thought before you hit a driver? Oh my god. Um, hit the ball. <laughs> um, three words to describe your golfing journey. Journey. Um. Always an adventure. Best event so far on the LET. Best event on the LET so far. Um, 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 um. The um, oh my god! Like I'm taking so long with these questions. I'm like oh my god! I have to answer them. Uh, I actually loved Kenya. Magical Kenya Open. Um. Your dream four ball, and it doesn't have to be people from the world of golf. Okay, so it could be anyone. Uh, I'm going to play with Tiger Woods. Of course, everyone does it. Of course, everyone. It, it's got to be on the list, but you can't not have him on the list. Um, I want to play with Michael Jordan. And one more. One more. I got to put lids on the list. Lydia, Lydia, um, Lydia Co. She's yeah, it's just fun to be around. Like she's awesome. So. <laughs> and my next question was your biggest golfing inspirations. 
Golfing. Biggest golfing inspiration. It's funny, like I just mentioned Lydia, but like, you know, she's obviously from New Zealand and, you know, played really high level for a number of years. And growing up, I think we're not too far, diff- like far in age, but I think, I think when I was just starting to get back into because I got into it pretty late. So I think as I was getting into it, you know, she was already on the world stage, you know, just performing, like doing unreal things, even as an amateur and turned pro and stuff like that. So she's actually like, she still to this day, she's like my biggest inspiration, really. But even from a young age, and it's actually been really cool over the last couple of years, I've had the chance to kind of get a bit closer to her and see her at some of the tournaments, which has been awesome. Like, you know, like last year, we had like a tournament where it was in Indonesia, where it was like a, um, a teams event. So two players from each country play together and stuff like that. So I got the chance to play with her. And so for me, like that week was unreal. I was like, oh my God, this is crazy. Like, you know, like someone that I've looked up to as a junior and still do, like I'm getting to play with them. So that was really cool. But um, and just overall though, like aside from her golf, she is just like, as a person, just such a great person to be around. And, you know, I think she's a, she's my role model in the sense that not just golf but like as a person like that's someone that I would aspire to be like you know be able to uh, be that kind of person so um yeah so I've been really lucky to be able to spend a bit of time with her and um you won the event this year that she won in the past right women's uh, New South Wales Open yes yeah yeah I haven't even spoken about that win this year how was that that was pretty awesome um so it was actually really cool um that week or those two weeks going back to Aussie it's kind of like my second home to me now I've probably spent a bit more time there now than I do even at home so it's actually really cool having after that first stretch of events going back to Aussie and getting to play a couple events there where I wouldn't say like familiar but like in a in a maybe in a familiar environment you're just knowing everyone and kind of knowing the style of courses and stuff like that so that week was actually um I actually really enjoyed that week so I had my boyfriend Kerry on the bag as well he flew over from New Zealand for that and um actually had a had a blast that way that week and you know just caught up with all the friends there and a very it was funny because it was a very um stress-free week for me just coming off the stretch and back home and you know just it's probably why I played you know very solid golf that week it was just kind of freed everything up a bit and you know being able to still keep that competitive streak going even with that seven weeks off so that was you know it was a it was a big bonus in a lot of sense so um yeah it was a pretty pretty cool win there absolutely and well that brings us kind of like towards the end of the podcast but I always ask everyone before they leave like their best advice for a player um maybe wants to turn professional getting into golf like what can you what's your best advice or advice someone else has given to you okay it is okay I need to think about this for a second I think there's a lot of a lot of good ones that I've received I think my biggest one for really for anyone I think but so especially if you're getting stepping onto the professional stage I think one of the biggest things that can make a difference is your environment that you're in so, you know, obviously one of the biggest thing is the people that you have around you, you know, the team that you have and, you know, the people you choose to kind of spend your time with. And I think that's one of the biggest things that can um, impact directly really to your both your performance and 
your um like really your well-being really I think you know just in an everyday life like it can either have you know a super positive positive impact on you or um a not so great one so I think that's one of the things like I've I've kind of learned over the last you know over the last year or so and you know I've been kind of steadily been managing to build a great team around me so my coach um Dom and Simon and um Quinny my mental performance coach just like I've just over the over the you know that period of time I've been able to kind of figure out like what kind of people I need around me and what kind of message I need around me kind of stuff so I think that's a really important thing like to um to kind of review and just be aware that like you know the environment can really change everything and like I've kind of experienced that firsthand so um yeah it's uh it's um I think that's a really important thing for for really anyone really it doesn't really have to be in the golf world that's great advice um and best of luck for the rest of the season thank you for once again tuning in to the Let Us Golf podcast and a big thank you for this week's guest the inspiring always smiling legend on and off the golf course that is Momoko Kabori for sharing with us her insights into the world of professional golf. I now cannot wait for the tournament to start this week on Friday with the final taking place on Sunday the 11th of June so I urge you all you listening to follow all the action on the LT Access series on at LT Access on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter and LT Access series on Facebook. To find out more information about the tournament, visit our website letaccess.com. Wow, as always, I really enjoyed that chat and if you're listening to me now, you must have done too. So please show your appreciation by clicking that subscribing button or reviewing, rating this podcast on Spotify, Apple or wherever you find your podcast to give the series a boost and help others find it. But not only that, but help to raise the profile of our fantastic players. I'll be back hopefully next week chatting to the 2023 Montalban Ladies Open winner. Who will it be? See you then.